Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. This is nice, Ray, because we've got a new intro today, and I think you and I were both ready for the new intro. Is it new today? It's new today, so we don't have to say, like, I'm Trisden and you're Ray, and it's already done, so we can just, now we just talk. We can just talk? Okay. And what are we talking about? Today, we're doing, like you don't know, we're doing celebrities. We're doing Trisden and Ray's true Hollywood-ish stories, whatever I I can say without being copyright infringement. Before we do that? Sure. So, what's today? Date. Well, we shouldn't say because people will hear it later. So let's just assume it's it's when you're listening. It's it's when you're listening. But it's uh, mid-February. It's a nice day, 55 degrees. uh, And I just drove the, I don't know, 15 miles from Richmond to Berea. And it struck me that we live in a beautiful state, which neither of us are natives. But if you're taking the trip from Michigan to Florida on I-75 and you're driving through states like, I'm not exactly sure, but Michigan, and I'm sure that's pretty, but, you know, Indiana, Ohio, uh, Georgia, Florida, not a pretty state. Man, Kentucky's a beautiful state. You're you're cruising along the hills, the barns, the cows, the creeks, um, and you got that winter view. You know, you see more in the winter because the trees are not in bloom. And you just see more. And it just occurred to me driving down here today, kind of one of those things to set your mood. It's just that Kentucky's a beautiful state. There's no two ways around it. Yeah, no disagreement there. No, I mean, the whole Cumberland Gap area, really, there's a lot of nice places. If you got to drive somewhere, it's a nice place to drive through. The state gets beat up for a lot of shit, but it really is a beautiful state. Yeah, no, no question about that. Can I say one other thing, not about Kentucky, before we get into our celebrity stories? There's no rush, man. I like the the pre-discussion uh, topic banter. I think we have to talk podcast. It's been in the news. Joe Rogan getting the shit knocked out of him. Yeah. So you can give me my take. Here's yours. Joe Rogan, free to say whatever he wants. Should be no limits on what Joe Rogan says. However, he has to suffer the slings and arrows. And to me, Tristan, America's grace and beauty is that you are free to say whatever ever you want, and I am free to mock the ever-living shit out of you. Or point out where I think you're wrong. That's how it works. Well, it can't work any other way. There is a little bit of nuance, because I really started out on this, uh, on Joe Rogan's side in the beginning, in that he's having a podcast. If he wants to bring in dumb people who are anti-science and talk about the vaccine, bring those people in. You should get to talk to those people. You shouldn't be banned from having those conversations because this is America. Now, do you post something at the beginning of the, the show and Disclaimer. say, hey, maybe this is you know unconventional, maybe talk to your doctor, et cetera, which Joe Rogan said, I'm fine with that. But I do think in this day and age, well, not in any day and age, but I mean, once the N-word stuff came out. Oh, that I was, yeah, no, I'm that not, was I'm not little, talking about that, yeah. right? I'm talking more about his take on COVID and all of that. Sure. Yeah, the N-word stuff is, you know, but again, Tristan, you're free to use the N-word in American right. society, but you also have to understand you're going to suffer some consequences from it. You can't right. be the babe in the woods and go, oh, well, why is everybody picking on me? Well, here's why. Yeah. You know, again, I'll, I'll stand by it. It wasn't me that said this. It was actually Dennis Miller back before... 20, uh, uh, September 11th, when Miller was still funny, because I still think one of the best things was our friend John, can we say names, John Peaceheimer, who said Dennis Miller got scared. 
after yeah. September 11th because Miller was funny in the 90s. And and then he became this right-wing shill. But Miller, it's Miller's line who said, the beauty of America is you are free to say whatever you want and I am free to mock the shit out of you. That was Dennis Miller's line and I never forgot that because that's the way I live my life. I, I don't think there should be any restrictions. You and I had that conversation sometime back and you were like, eh, you don't want somebody who's the head of the Nazi speaking. You don't, but you also don't want to say he can't speak because you want him to expose himself. You want to be able to rebuttal and retort him. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. Well, yeah, again, I don't think there should be a limit to that speech. I, I think in context, the point was being made was, yeah, if you're a college student and the leader of the Nazis is coming to your school, you probably are going to boycott that and fairly so. Not, you have the right to, for sure. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, again, you shouldn't say somebody with awful ideas shouldn't be allowed to speak. Right. For sure. That, that's that's it. But yeah, and but even, now there is now, now to be fair, there are we, we always know that classic example of where the limitation of the First Amendment's freedom of speech ends. And that's the fire in a crowded theater, which is obviously a metaphor for well, it's a very real thing because you can literally be arrested for that. But it's also a metaphor for where you shouldn't go with your speech. But again, that's got to be up to you. Right. That's kind of individual. Right. Uh, no, I think I think that's an individual choice, and and I think even going to the N word, which is understandably very sensitive, and understandably uh, in probably almost every culture, there's words that are going to make you furious. But I do think we have to be nuanced enough as a society to say there's a difference between a racist guy saying "look at that group of N words" right. versus somebody saying in context. And he called that guy an N-word. Right. So I don't think that we is, should. That is the almost dictionary definition of nuance. That word you use a lot, but that's nuance. Right. That's and, nuance. I, and, I, and we have to be able to step back and say, like Bill Maher said the N-word a couple he years did, ago. He did, and it was a flack. But how he said it, the context The of context was it. not saying, you know, this is not to be. Very so, true. Right. So you can quote people, I think, at least previously. You should it, be able to. You should be able to yeah. quote people and say, and he said, and again, I think as a society, we've all agreed that just saying the term, quote, N-word is better than saying the N-word, which is understandable. That, that's fair. But that's there right. should be some credit to say this person is not saying the N-word to be racist. Right. Now, again, I, I, I don't care about Joe Rogan. I, you know, I, I'm afraid. Well, other than the fact that I guess he is here, Marin. I mean, he's got 11 million listeners. He does have a huge what following. What are we up to, 1,000? A 1,000 <laughs> a million. 1,000 million. Uh, but, but no, <laughs> but we should be able to step back and say, as a woke culture, as a culture, look, there is a difference between being caught on tape saying, what a bunch of effing N-words, versus even what the country singer whose name that's yeah, going to slip my yeah, mind. Yeah, the mullet kid. He, was, he yeah. was talking to his friend, and right. they had that relationship where he he could use that term. Somebody unwarrantedly recorded him saying it. Now, again, is that the right word to use? Of course, it's probably not. You and I both have friends that we could say words to that you wouldn't say in polite company. You wouldn't say in front of, uh, right. you know, other people, etc. And it's not to be racist or to be uh, hateful. It's just, you know, you have a comfortable relationship. Most of us guys walk up to their old friends from college and immediately start railing on them. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. It's just a different, sure, sure. it's a kind of a guy thing. Yeah. But again, there is a difference well. between hate <laughs> And using a, a, a bad term that's not uh, completely hateful. off the topic of N word, but just as a as a bit of a enlightening example of the difference between men and women. And I've said this for years. Two guys haven't seen each other like your point in in five years, and you go, God, you've gotten fat. You know, that's what guys do. Two women, you could never do. Martha, you've gotten awfully fat. I mean, she's never going to talk to you again. I mean, you know, that's just the difference. Is that sexist? Perhaps. But And I saw that firsthand. At a, it might have been my brother's wedding 35 years ago. Well, not 35, 30 years ago, but a, a bunch of years ago in Jersey. 
And uh, our neighbor, Mr. Guzzo, had, my dad hadn't seen Joe Guzzo in probably 20 years. And I still remember the exchanges. And it was Joe and Barbara Guzzo. And my dad sees him. He goes, Barbara, you look great, but who's this big fat slob you brought with you? I mean, that's the way guys roll. And Joe was probably like, ah, shut up, you jerk. I mean, that's just guys and right. what they do. Women aren't going to do that. No, I've taken a lot of flack. I've got a buddy from college who is half Japanese, and I, of course, am half ethnically Jewish. And we just kill each other. Like, if you had heard us talking to each other, you would think these guys fucking hate each other. But I mean, I love this guy, and I assume he loves me back. Like, but again, like I would, I have no issue with someone, and whatever guess, their ethnicity. And I guess somebody would say that's um, why black guys use the N word amongst themselves. It's the cutting up. That's what we as white people can't appropriate. And, and, and that is true. Um, but that is that thing that I guess private versus public. But in this age, there really is no private. Everything is public. Yeah, there's Correct. no damn private anymore. Yeah. But it I just do doesn't think, exist. Right. So I think at the end of the day, it's not right to ever say the N-word, but there is a difference between saying the N-word with the intention of racism versus in quoting or describing something, or maybe you're singing your favorite rap song. Well, I was just about to say, then you also get into Twain's Huckleberry Finn, which the word is throughout, but you, are you going to pretend, you know, first of all, it was written in 1870. Joe, uh, uh, uh is, um, Joe, the, the black guy. It was, it was Huck and, uh, oh, my brother's going to kill me, <laughs> but he, Jim, 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 but Jim is the smartest guy in the book. You know, it's a little bit like blazing saddles. Cleavon right. Little's character is the smartest guy in the movie, but you got to put up with a bunch of shit before, uh, hey, I, I like that. Front porch studio, man. We just had people. So the studio literally sits on Broadway and we just had a few people walk by and inquisitively go like, what are those guys doing? I love that. And ironically enough, those people walking by brought to you by our friends at Bad Wolf Gaming on 711 Chestnut Street. Do Bridge. have to mention Bad Wolf Gaming. Yeah, so when folks walk by, that is, of course, brought to you by Bad Wolf Gaming. Give them a call, 859-646-6061. 7-Eleven Chestnut Street. They're now open. Check them out. Dungeons and Dragons magic. So thanks for walking by. They, they hit the sponsor bell. And let me tell you that I got a call from Daniel. This morning. I didn't get a call. I'm saying I'm dating myself. I got a text from Daniel and he said, kind of add, uh, kind of odd hearing your voice. So I assume our episode with Daniel dropped this morning. So he's listening and I'm going to stop by on my way out because I just showed Trisden. I, I run a bowling center. So I come across a lot of bowling balls and um, we found a bowling ball. There's a fella at the, stu- at the studio, at the station. At- Gee, I don't work in radio either at the freaking bowling center who buys balls. And he bought a wolf ball, which is real cool. So I'm going to stop by with a a ball with a wolf stamp on it for Daniel that he can display in his bad wolf gaming on Chestnut Street. He will love that. Very cool. Yeah, And thank you, Daniel, for sponsoring our show. Absolutely. All right, damn it. We've talked now for, I don't know, 10 minutes and we haven't hit our topic yet. So we go from, so we go from discussing the N word to celebrity stories. That's a, that's a very extreme uh, just so common you know, sense. You were discussing the N word. I was sitting back. <laughs> you were saying it under your breath because you're old and white and it's required. <laughs> true. true. Wow. That was a funny modern family. Are you, you know, the show. Oh, uh, I'm familiar enough. with the show. Okay. So, uh, of course, um, uh, you know, um, Al Bundy is right. the older Al Ed Bundy. O'Neill. Yeah. Ed O'Neill married to the knockout bombshell Colombian. Okay. So a black family moves in on the day that he's putting up security cameras has nothing to do with the fact that he's just, they (laughs) had a break in. It's wonderful. So he's trying to, she doesn't understand why he's so upset. And he says to her, do you know the stereotypes that exist for old white men? It's it's just (laughs) great, man. Oh, that's good. It's great. Oh, all right. But yes. So uh, send any hate mail to our Facebook (laughs) at extreme common sense with Tristan and Ray. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's not too offensive, but, um, 
Yeah, just think there should be some nuance in that. But yeah, today... Well, actually, before we get to that, you didn't really finish your point. So you said initially you were with Rogan. Now you've backed off a little bit. Well, I just think it's tough to be on the side of anybody with a... Uh, edited video of them saying the N word over and over. No, I think to Rogan. Is Rogan's, that really where this wound up? Yeah. So I think to Rogan's point, there was context and he wasn't saying it in terms of, you know, I hate N words, but I think when you lump 30 seconds of you using the word over and over again, it in the 2020 uh, lens or 2022 lens, I mean, that's just awful to, to see visually. So what, and we feel has, like he should have known better. Has he addressed it? He has. Yeah. He released a video, uh, basically saying sort of what I'm saying that it, the context of what he was saying was never to disparage. It was either to quote, you know, or, or make a point about the word specifically. So he did feel comfortable using the word, but he wasn't using the word again as, as a, a race, as a pejorative, as a pejorative. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. So, so we're telling celebrity stories. That's what we're doing today. Just having fun. We're having and fun. Star crossed when we came across somebody who was important. And yeah. And we have never got more Facebook interest. I've got 20 f from our friends on Facebook who have given great stories. Do we have levels of, of celebrity? Like I just ran into a, an old friend, Kyle, who's a legend in Berea, Kentucky. Do those people count? I mean, yeah, for sure. Okay. But I, we're going to start with like big, big. So, all right. So simple question. Who's the biggest celebrity you ever met? You know, for me, it's probably got to be Jimmy Fallon. Okay. So uh, if this story is pretty cool, I, me and my best friend Fenton, who's been on the show sure. in New York City circa 2001, Jimmy Fallon was in Times Square. He was hosting the MTV Music Awards that year. And he was uh, literally walking out from rehearsal. And he was uh, like, we were behind him in Times Square. And I said, Fenton, I think that's Jimmy Fallon. He's like, man, I don't know. So we were just walking behind him, sort of stalking him. And he's got his sort luggage. Stalking him. Yeah. So his luggage is embroidered Saturday Night Live. He's oh, got nice. leather, you know, and apparently that was Lorne Michaels gives as a gift, you know, because oh, very cool. they're up and coming folks and they're, you know, very often going to be doing a lot of traveling. So he gets them embroidered SNL, leather bound, nice luggage. So I said, that's definitely Jimmy Fallon. Let's see where he goes. And he's by himself? By himself. Cool. Yeah. And uh, we follow him into uh, Times Square McDonald's. So he's just walking up to <laughs> no get to McDonald's. Super fucking nice. Like, this guy was the nicest guy. Was See, you like to hear that. Yeah, you do. Jim, hey, man, you know, can I get a picture? And he was like, oh, yeah, man, let me get a picture. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it was just so friendly. And, and we take the picture. And this is the day's pre-phone, camera phone. You're right. We had the old click, click wine, sure. digital or not digital, but throw away disposable camera. Yeah. So we take the picture and Jimmy's like, you know what? The flash didn't work. Why don't you take a couple more to make sure ah, you get it? Ah, well, the first picture didn't come out. So thanks to Jimmy Fallon. That's very cool. I, the, I would have never had the picture and I still have the, the shot up on my desk, but he couldn't have been nicer. And my only regret looking back was like, man, we should have bought his lunch. He was by himself and oh, chatted with him for 15 minutes. Absolutely. And he seemed like he would have been completely in. So I do have a picture of that. And it was, it was a blast. That's great. Yeah, that is a good one. Now this is 2001. So where is he on his? career he's on snl at that point i uh, believe he would have still been on SNL, snl probably just before he transitioned to to late night <laughs> that's a great story yeah and he but the best part of those stories is he's a good guy like uh, rosie when he was here yeah. talking baseball exactly and derek jeter walked up to him and said hey how are you man you know how are you adam which is cool yeah and it's like it's good to hear that these mega celebrities are not just complete jagoffs yes now on the flip side of that now this is a little uh, probably it could have been same trip in the subway we saw Amy Poehler, who also SNL sure. alum, 
and no uh, sort of waved at her was going to see about maybe getting a picture and she just looked the other way and walked away was as, having as none possible. of it not, okay. not interested okay. at all and might have been having a bad day give could them be, that yeah, yeah. but you have nonetheless to, right they're know. human I, I don't hold that against anybody they're human yeah they could be having the shit sure. for sure that's right no that's a good one so Fallon probably you're I actually shook Bill Cosby's hand which when I oh, did oh, at that time would have been I pretty did cool was big now that that was at the uh, New York Apple Circus which when I was living in Jersey uh, Jeff was my mentor uh, DJ wise and um, he booked this big Apple Circus which was a simple gig because you went in and played music while they set it up and played music while they broke it down it was a small venue um, uh, felt for him I guess it was not not a small venue but it was you know however many that seated and we would play music for the workers as they were setting stuff up and breaking it down pretty cool gig but some famous people came to that and I actually shook Bill Cosby's hand so that's probably the most famous person I ever yeah. met, regrettably. Unbelievable. Because it didn't end well for Mr. Cosby. Yeah, no, it didn't. But he, yeah. He was time, as big as it got, he's man. The, one of the biggest stars and in the world. And this is probably 85 when he was. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. He was Bill Cosby. Right. It was, he, it was starstruck. I mean, there was no interaction. It was just like, oh, my God. Okay, cool. That's, I shook Bill Cosby's hand. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. And yeah, and what a cool story that turns into kind of a just bizarre shit. story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But he's out. Yeah, he is out. Somehow, what some a, way. What a wild situation that is. And, and people still have his back. You know, he's just I guess. dozens of women have come out and he still denies it. And That's his bizarre. wife stayed with him. I'd like to see. His wife did. Come yeah. She I mean, how many wives? I mean, you, you're you pretty rich before your wife is going to just be like, yeah, no big deal. Uh, 200 <laughs> rapes. No <laughs> no big pretty, deal. You know? That's not even funny. That is nothing to laugh at. No, but not funny, I, but I it, it's point. funny yeah, because Camille. it's horrible. She yeah. literally stayed with him throughout, which is yeah. effing crazy. And it, I guess it also does go to what you always hear that money does get you defense that, you know, I remember F. Lee Bailey saying, everybody in America can have an attorney. They just can't all have me. Yeah. There you yeah, go. That's it. Uh, here's another one. Semi cool. This is a, uh, I played in a flag football league in Berea for seven, eight years. Well, I actually probably played in it for 12 years. It ended uh, during COVID. So we haven't picked it back up. One of the worst teams in the league had this guy, really fast, older guy at, you know, for flag football, probably 35, 37 years old and uh, just really athletic, but by far on the worst team, man, I played against this guy for three years. His name was Alan. He was so nice, you know, chat with him during the game and after completely fit into the little Berea, Kentucky flag football league. So like the second or third year I'm playing with this guy, somebody comes over and says, you know, that's Olympic gold medalist in hurdles, Alan Johnson. Oh, no kidding. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He teaches uh, track and field at, uh, at, at, at Lexington or at UK. He's the no, UK's track and field kid. coach. I'm like, you are out of your mind. Competed in the Olympics. Right. So competed in the Atlanta games in 96, won gold, some great videos. So, I immediately get a picture with him. Uh, I, he had a base, like not baseball card, but he had a card from Upper Deck. So I got ordered the card and had him autograph it for me. Excellent. And he put his record time oh, in hurdles is, on the card. Completely unassuming. Unassuming, completely drove That's a normal car. Cool. Super friendly guy. I mean, ah, I just could not believe it. In the Olympics. Yeah. All right. Well, see, this is a fun show because one story begets another. Not to play Can You Top This, but I am a 27-year-old kid. It's the last job that I had before I left New Jersey and moved to Kentucky. Uh, Patty and I moved in the uh, summer of 1988, 27. And for six months prior to that, and Tony and I, when Tony Perkins was here, we actually chatted. We worked for PERG. Basically, this was the New Jersey Environmental Federation. And what you did is you would go into a community and you'd knock on doors soliciting funds for clean water. 
And they dropped us one day. It was Oakwood or something like that. And and the irony to that is it was in Wayne, New Jersey, 15 minutes from the Meadowlands. And I had, uh, when they first opened it, I worked for a guy in Jersey who had the uh, landscaping account and I had cut the grass there. So I was pretty familiar with it. And I'm not sure Oakmont's right. My brother, Tom, if you're listening, you, you know where I'm talking about. I want to say Burnham Woods, but that was an account I had here in Kentucky. Um, but there, it was high-end condos. They're pro, they're 30 plus years old now. They may be in disrepair, but at that time they were brand new and they housed a lot of the New Jersey devils because it was 15 minutes to the Meadowlands. Nice. So I don't really think about that, but I'm knocking on doors, right? And you know, you give your pitch about making money and this dude opens a door and we're chatting. And I don't know if I saw like devil's gear or something, but anyway, I mean, he's only a couple of years older than me. And I'm like, and I used to follow hockey then, you know, I don't really follow it since moving to Kentucky, but you know, Islanders, Devils, Rangers, you know, good competition. Islanders were great in the early eighties, won four straight Stanley cups. Devils were up and coming. And I'm like, I think you take a chance. <laughs> and maybe he even said, I said, I'm Ray. And he said, I'm Mark. I said, are you Mark Johnson, the hockey player? He said, yeah, he's playing for the Devils. Mark Johnson was on the fucking miracle on ice team. Wow. He was he was a prominent player for her Brooks on the team that beat the Soviets. So I'm like, man, this is nicest guy in the world. That's I awesome. think he wrote a $50 check. So here's what I do, Triz. And I say, oh, there's not a chance of this. I'm like, okay, this is probably crazy, Mark. And I almost apologize for asking, but you don't happen to have your gold medal. He's like, hang on. I don't know if he had a safe in the condo or what. He comes back. Now, I didn't touch it. It was like in a glass covering, but I had a gold medal in my hand. It was oh the coolest God. thing ever. I'm like, man, this, and I didn't get a picture. Yeah. But I'm like, man, we didn't have phones. I'm like, this is the coolest day. This is <laughs> fantastic. And just a great guy. And he was actually interested in what we were saying. It was great. Mark Johnson. And I think he's still coaching at like Wisconsin or something. He's probably 64, 65. And that's awesome. Yeah. What yeah. A cool True story. story. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's the only we, time I was ever near a gold medal. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Unreal. Well, I wish Alan had brought his down to the field. That would have been Oh, was kind he a medalist? Nice. Gold medalist. Oh, he was a gold medalist. Gold medal Yeah, you winning said he Olympian. competed in the Olympics. He was a gold medalist. Yeah, Shit. gold medalist. That's, That's right. wild. Yeah. So uh, we we do have a couple of hockey stories from Facebook a little later. I want to oh, get yeah. to everybody that, that shouted out on Facebook with their celebrity stories. But here's a, a Conan O'Brien story for you. Actually, I, I went to Letterman. Uh, all this was around college age. So turn of the century, 2000, 2001, 2002 ish went to Letterman and he comes out in the crowd and does a, you know, he, like every Thursday he would do an out in the crowd show. And so, uh, he didn't talk to me, but I was right behind the guy he talked to. So I was getting all kinds of calls when the show aired from all my friends. Oh, people seeing it. Oh, cool. we're on Letterman. So that cool, was kind of cool. cool. That is cool. And so, uh, I think it may have been the same trip. I went to Conan O'Brien and Conan was nice enough that one of the guys that I was with just yelled at him after the show. Hey, Conan walks over into the crowd and like shook our hands and was extremely friendly, like really nice guy. Um, and then if you want to hear an awful Conan O'Brien story, oh, yeah? that doesn't involve me meeting him. Oh, and this is completely Trisden Reynolds was a douchebag at the turn of the century. Uh, we were at his 1000th really? episode. Has that ended? Uh, that's a great point. Okay. <laughs> that's debatable. Only in my mind has that ended. Uh, so we, we go to, they tell us at the beginning of the show, this is the 1000th episode taping. So it's oh, wow. kind of a special show. Really? I think 1, they gave us a copy of Angela's ashes audio on tape. Frank McCourt. Frank McCourt. Yeah. So we were there for the 1000th episode and me and my friend come up with this great idea. At the end of the show, so they can't kick us out as they're saying goodbyes to scream something 
so we can make it not about Conan O'Brien has worked his entire life and went to Harvard, you know, and got this great show after years of work. We wanted to, to steal a little of that and just breaks me out in a cold sweat thinking at 19 years old that we thought that was a good idea. So <laughs> I've always said, if I ever meet Conan in I real, after very this, I'll be extremely apologetic. But <laughs> so, yes, and God bless my great uncle Manny, uh, just the most wonderful guy in the history of the world took us to the show that day. And uh, so watch the whole show. Great show into the show comes and we say, Hey, Conan, just like a fool. And everybody just sort of stops and look at us. And my poor great uncle Manny just goes, oh, Triz. (laughs) We just, it's so embarrassed, my wonderful great uncle, who probably at the time was 75. And I'm assuming these are small studios. Pretty small studio. Does he look up? Uh, Yeah, like he just pauses. Like the producer, uh, I can't think of his name, just sort of turns around and like shakes his head like, you Uh, stupid motherfucker. So luckily, you could hear it when you watch the the show. No way. The episode. But you could tell their audio guy had had pulled pulled us back fucking as far as they could. That's so awful. You just barely hear it, but it was definitely one of those but things. But it is that, cool that you're saying now at 42, 41, you real at 41, you yeah. realize that. Oh, no, we, and I realized that an hour Even later, that, yeah. but it was just, uh, one you of know, those things. That's funny. Yeah. It was like a streak or That's something funny. stupid. And you just, now I'll tell you one that my son would remember as would my brother. This guy was not famous, but he was the long snapper for the jets, Tristan. And his last name was D E A R T H dearth. Nice. <laughs> And I'm drunk as a pig, probably in, <laughs> probably in 2002 or three, still drinking in those days. We went to a jet game. We're tailgating in the parking lot. I'm not driving. And it was, uh, I guess the weather might have been bad enough. Or, well, no, I take it back. It was just, it was the Jets. So the stadium had emptied out by like the fourth quarter. <laughs> of course. And we had worked our way all the way down because, you know, Raymond's a kid and it's exciting. But I start screaming. He's standing. So I'm standing there and I'm looking at his back where his name is on the jersey and it's dearth and i'm just screaming dearth vader dearth vader and my brother's like man come on I, and i'm loud right as you can tell and after about five times this cat just turns helmet off and just looks and shakes his head like come on man this is a 40 whatever i was at the time year old guy he's probably a 25 year old kid he's like what the hell man just this drunken oh, asshole God. can you stop you know dearth vader and then my brother tells a story this isn't meeting people but it's celebrities he's at a a, a jet game a, a, with uh his brother-in-law, Jimmy, who's a great big son of Buck, played college football at Princeton. And it's it's a snowy day. Another run out. The Bears are killing the Jets. And he says to my brother, I guarantee you I can hit the fridge with a snowball. And Tommy's like, there's not a fucking chance. Jimmy winds up, hits the fridge right on the shoulder pad. And they're just falling. I don't even think he acknowledged it. Hit the fridge with a snowball. Yeah. Wow. In fairness, hard to miss the fridge. Right. Like, you know, I think that was Jimmy's case. He's in the vicinity. You're hitting the fridge with that snowball. <laughs> Which, for the uninitiated, uh, the fridge was William Perry, who was uh, like the first Give Mike Ditka credit. They used to line him up in the backfield as the fullback, and the fridge was, what, 330? Yeah. I they mean, big just dude. a monster. Yeah. And they'd line him up as a fullback. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, and I've got a million of these things, but uh, you want to hear, I'll let you pick. You can hear Zach from uh, Saved by the Bell or Rand Paul. This is you? This is me. Uh, let's go Rand Paul. Okay. So Rand comes About to, five foot two. Yeah. Little small guy, curly hair. Senator for Kentucky, for those who don't immediately know the name. Um, and not a, like a long I, or great can story. I, can, I, can I take a guess and say, 
I hate to say this because I don't know this story. I honestly don't. Kind of a dick. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, there you they, go. Well, and, and don't really need to tell the story. That was kind of it. You know, it was. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I no, just figured, he, you know. he comes to Wallingford. It just seems that way. Yeah, he's there. And there's a bunch of old gray hairs, like a lot of old people. And I think it almost was weird that I, I think at the time, was probably 32, was there, you know, to kind of get a picture with him. But I just thought, U.S. Senator, yeah, if I get that opportunity, I'm going to meet these guys. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, and he just looked at me like, what as a 30-year-old guy are you doing here? And like was just unfriendly and dismissive and like not a cool guy. That's yeah, that very aloof. Kind of strikes me that way. Yeah, it's you sort know? of what he comes off as. Yeah, and hey. even his dad, who was uh, very entertaining, was definitely that guy, kind of aloof. And Ron Paul, who was, um, you know, cut his teeth as the staunch libertarian in Congress. I believe he's still alive, but yeah. That sounds right. They're kind of odd folks. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that will lead later to a, to a sort of another response on the Democrat side. One of my, my cousins told me a Bernie Sanders story that I'll tell from Facebook a little later. So so yeah, and Bernie not cool. Sa- Can save, you just save save your guess? I don't I don't want to okay. I don't want to give it away, okay. but uh, yeah, okay, so it's pretty interesting. Right. But uh, so okay, so I'll, I'll get to some of these Facebooks in a bit. But so met Mark Paul Gossler, Zach Morris at uh, and that was at a Comic Con. You you familiar with Saved by the Bell? Oh yeah yeah yeah, I can picture the kid. No, you had to give me the reference. Yes yes, I got so you. So the blonde like the star sure, of Saved sure, by the sure, Bell. Sure sure right. Uh, and he came to Comic Con, so I don't know if this is really a good celebrity encounter if you pay thirty bucks to go meet somebody. Right, but right, nonetheless, right, right. you know, I met Zach Morris. <laughs> but he, and again, I think there is something to be said for when you're doing a Comic Con or something, and you know somebody's paying and and stuff, you're going to be super nice. But man, he talked to me for like 10 minutes. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, you know, he actually had a cool watch on. And so we were talking about his watch for like forever. I had that. This is funny, Tristan. I don't even think of these stories. And now we are just going to kill an hour talking it. Went to the. Well, let, let me finish the watch part and then tell sure, you. Sure, okay. sure, sure. So he, uh, he had a, a Rolex Submariner on, Black Dial Rolex Submariner. And I was like, Zach, man, it's a great. I just call him Zach, probably call him Mark. I was like, man, that's a great watch. And he said, well, I'll tell you the story. He handed it to me. He was let me check it out. They gave it to him for the. I think it was the 300th episode of Law and Order. Fuck, I'm going to mess that up. He was on one of those Law and Order type shows, not NCIS. One of those, anyway. Somebody can correct me. But he did one of those shows after Saved by the Bell for several years, and that was the the, the cast gift was nice. his watch. So he had a good acting career. Yeah, and still is doing a lot of stuff. The new Saved by the Bell on Peacock. Right, right, yeah, right. well, shout out Zach needs me to promote yeah. his current show. Which is pretty good. But yeah, but he was, man, could not have been That's nicer. very cool. Yeah, so go ahead. Uh, 2008 Ryder Cup. We're walking along. I uh, went with a, a buddy from Richmond. It's kind of quiet. And I notice ESPN is here. It's in between, like they're doing any taping. And Scott Van Pelt's just hanging out. He's by himself. And there's not anybody. Cameraman, it's like they're not doing anything. So I just go, hey, Scott, how you doing? We talked for like 10 minutes. Great guy. Oh, that's awesome. Just chatting away. What are you doing? Hey, yada, yada. At the time, I'm working in radio. So I mentioned to him, ah, small market radio. Oh, that's cool. Where are you? Oh, yeah. It's south of Lexington, yada, yada. Very nice man. That's awesome. And and I'm completely under the impression, and I know there's some people that can fake it. I know there's some good actors in the industry. I'm pretty much convinced if I watch somebody do an interview, I can tell whether or not they're going to be a prick. And I think I definitely see Scott Van Pelt seems like a seems nice like guy. Seems like a good guy. Yeah. He, he really does. I also interviewed Mitch McConnell when I was working uh, for your current boss in radio down at Bluegrass Army Depot. And what struck me, Tris, and I, I, I can't make any um, uh, judgment on to his character. I wouldn't say he was 
nice guy, bad guy. He seemed, you know, but what struck me was Senator McConnell says nothing, even to a derpy little nobody reporter like me that he hasn't thought about first. There's nothing off the cuff with Mitch. Most calculating politician there is. And I'm, and I don't, I don't mean that as a negative. Sure. It's a positive. I mean, you're not going to have him say anything that he doesn't, hasn't thought about first and doesn't intend to say. Yeah. No. And I think, you know, and he came up in a time in politics when you had to do that. Now, I think the new cycle is off the cuff, 20 yeah. minutes, so you can say whatever well, you want true. people forget. True. But, uh, you know, or change your mind the next day. But, yeah, I think there was a time in American politics where if you made one big mistake, you were done. Right. So, and uh, and good for him well, for being we've covered that way, both of Kentucky senators. Yeah, how about that? Have you met um, um, our rep? Um, um Andy Barr? His, yeah, I was going to say, he, lost, I, he I, tragically I, lost his wife. He seems like a nice guy. I've met Barr a couple of times. Okay. He has been yeah, very nice. Seems like a nice Every guy. time he's yeah. at the radio station. I don't agree with his very politics friendly. necessarily, no. but he's, he's, Completely a, agree. he's a very nice man. And he suffered the ultimate tragedy. I don't know. The ultimate tragedy is probably, I was going to say ultimate, it's the loss of your kids. No offense, honey. But just a, just a terrible tragedy. His yeah. wife, who was, you know, 40 or something, right. died of an undiagnosed heart condition like overnight. I mean, she wouldn't wish that on anybody. My heart went yeah. out to, to Congress. Completely agreed. And yeah, that. just I, a terrible tragedy. Like you don't agree with all of his politics or most, but yeah, to, to oh meet him. Oh my God. And you get a lot from politicians. I think that's the one of my favorite things about that job is, you know, you meet the people you vote for in the state. So you remember Ernie cool. Fletcher? Yeah, who was our con- and was the damn governor. Ernie, yeah. was a, Ernie was a wonderful man. We we chatted. He would come by to the station and we would chat all the time. Now, I do remember a friend of ours saying, this is a pretty good cut. He said, oh, yeah, Ernie is a self-made man in love with the creator. <laughs> <laughs> it was our buddy George who said that. You know, nice. George. Yeah. Um, but be that as it may, he was maybe that's your point about politicians being pretty skilled at what they, he was a very nice man, very yeah. nice man. I think very I, met, I met man. Ernie in college. Yeah, I, mean, I he thought was he was the, pretty nice. He, went on, he was a congressman at that time, went on to be the damn governor of the state. I mean, you know, that's fun to talk with people like that. That's very true. So you have Facebook stories that people have given you or just, you know what? Yeah. I posted yesterday that we were going to do this show and I said, you know, tell me your celebrity stories and I'll put them on. So So you got to hit a couple. I'm going to try to hit them all quickly. uh, You know, when we wrap up with some of these, so, um, but yeah, I've I've probably got 10 more so I can do some of these and then we'll get to the, the Facebook people, but man, yeah, they're pretty good. Some surprising ones. And I've, I'm still holding on to my ultimate, which I think, you know, a very, very famous football player. So maybe I'll make that my last <laughs> that, that's one the, before that's Facebook. The, yes. That's the coup de gras. You don't want to miss this story. <laughs> this is a good story. So, but but keeping it sports, I met I've met all of the Cincinnati Reds nasty boys, which I don't know how many Rob people. Dibble and Dibble, and, Randy uh, Myers, uh, Myers and Charlton. And Charlton, yeah. So yeah, I don't know how many people nationally 90, or nineteen ninety Reds. Yeah, and we have a, a German, of course, listeners now, and we also have Russian listeners. Nice. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to care much what about the, the Cincinnati Reds nineteen ninety bullpen. <laughs> But the Nasty Boys were pretty cool. I met them at the uh, the when the All Star Game came to Cincinnati a few years ago. Yeah, I met two thirds of them in the hotel lobby of the hotel I was staying at, and they were super nice. Took a picture. So the one I didn't meet was Randy Myers. Uh, so fast forward to last year, the Cincinnati Reds had uh, Marty Brenneman's Hall of Fame induction yeah. Yeah, ceremony, yeah. and they had a big celebrity softball game. So one of the participants of that was Randy Myers kind of notoriously does not like to sign autographs. Right. They all also earned the nickname sort of nasty boys by not probably also being the nicest people. Right. And Myers had some great years with the Mets also. He did. Yeah. And so, and this is for me like a very bittersweet story about Randy Myers. So my wife and I were just sort of like 
loafing around the stadium and they would just sort of periodically walk around, you know, they had a little assistant with them assigned by the reds and would sort of shoo people away or whatever. And uh, so Randy's walking by and I'm just looking at him and I pull out my cell phone to take a picture as I'm pulling out my cell phone to take a picture, this little kid very much in the mean Joe green commercial ask, like walks up, uh, you know, nine, 10 years old reference. Yeah. Mr. Myers, you know, can I have an autograph please? Randy Myers looks at this little 10 year old boy, swear to God, this is absolutely true. Says no. Looks at me and says, Hey man, you want a picture? (laughs) And I said, yes. So what the hell? it was bizarre because usually you sort of get that thing where, you know, of course they're going to want to do a little something for the kids. And like the older guys like us, they're like, ah, screw you. Get out of here, old guy. That is funny. And I don't know if he just thought, you know, this 40 year old guy is probably a little bit more, you know, remembers (laughs) me as a Cincinnati red or what, but looked right at this 10 year old boy and said, nope. And then took a picture with me. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. Man, that's funny. Yeah. Very quick. Sure. And and Trizen, I was thinking about this last night because, you know, we always say we don't just come here and open the mic. We chat a little bit, you know, family secret. But I was thinking, man, we're going to be able to kill an hour. And it's just one after another now. Very much your Jimmy Fallon story. My brother and I are in uh, D.C., or not D.C., in New York City in 92 for the Democratic National Convention, the Clinton Convention. We're hanging out on the street, and it still remains the biggest sh- uh, uh, show of force I've ever seen. I, honest to God, there were Five, 6,000 New York City cops, you know, fi- the New York finest. You weren't getting away with anything there. But I said to Tommy, just like you with uh, Fenton and and, and uh, Fallon, I go, is that Larry King? He said, man, I think it is. So we get behind him and go, Larry. Turns, ah, you know him, fellas. Completely by himself, walking down the street, no entourage. We didn't follow him or anything, but we got a, hey, how you doing, fellas? Larry. That's awesome. I mean, it's his home city. He's very comfortable. He's not, no pretense. He's just cruising down the street. Yeah, that was that was cool. So you do, you do, I guess in, in what, how many years now? A uh, hundred between us on the planet. 60, yeah. 60 and 40. That's A hundred plus years, you, you're going to come across celebs. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, here's one that you may actually appreciate. Uh, you're you're a bit of a New Englander sort of guy. New Jersey, but love New England. And, and uh, so trying to think of his name because it's a kind of a cool story, but I, his name is going to drive me crazy. You will know it. The GM of the Mets was also on ESPN Baseball Tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. White um, hair. Uh, ah, shit. It's right there. Yeah. No, I know exactly who, oh, you, no, who okay. you mean. I've got to yeah. Google this. Um, while yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get back to it. Um Let's see. And the story revolves around the story revolves around uh, went to opening day in Cincinnati when he was uh, on ESPN and ended up in an elevator with Steve Phillips. Steve Phillips. Steve yes, Phillips. Yes, yes. And ended up right. in an elevator with Steve Phillips was super nice. Okay. But uh, I was like, Steve, can I get a picture? And he was very concerned about his hair. He's like, oh man, <laughs> I, just, I just got off a plane. He's like, oh man, I don't, I don't mind. And he was like, yeah, what the hell? Come on. Took the picture, but uh, that's great. And had a sex scandal a few years later. Did you ever see um, Game Change? Completely off the topic, but it's McCain and Lieberman when they're running and they just bust John, uh, John Edwards' balls because there's some footage of him before <laughs> before the vice presidential debate, and he's just quaffing that hair. And 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 McCain and Lieberman, the two crusty old bastards, are watching it, and yeah. it was Ed Harris playing <laughs> McCain, um, the uh, the great actor. I can't remember who was Lieberman, but it was it had to be genuine to what they had. and they're just looking at this pompous asshole. It was great because all he's concerned about is how good that right. hair looks. Yeah. And John Edwards turned out to be, that's one that my brother-in-law, Vince, my late brother-in-law was on. T- I liked Edwards. I thought he, and Vinny, just being that guy that he was, was like, man, there's something. 
something about that guy I just don't like. Well, it turned out Vince was right. Yeah. He really turned out to be a jackass, Edwards. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of these guys. And you know what? If you shine a bright enough spotlight on almost anybody, right? Probably so. Yeah. Probably so. So, so met Pete Rose, kind of a dick. Not mean, just, you know. He's we, Pete Rose. He's Pete Rose. We, yeah. we paid like, uh, I bought this thing. He was promoting, uh, like, for the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. He was selling bricks. And, uh, <laughs> like, the brick went, I don't know, in front of the Hall of Fame or something. It was like 100 bucks, and you got an autograph with Pete, and you got sure. a picture with him. Oh, and, yeah. And you he was get, just. You didn't get a Pete Rose autograph for free anywhere. No, no. And he was just very much like, not like, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, he was just you like, see that. hey, Pete, how are you? Yeah. All right, Pete. Fuck you, man. See ya. So, uh, now Marty Brenneman on the other. I've got a lot of red celebrities, so hopefully guy. we've got some Cincinnati listeners. But well, uh, go Bengals. Exactly. So hopefully by the time this is over, we'll be celebrated be Super our champs. Super Bowl yeah. championship. So, but Marty Brenneman would come. We get a, a suite with the Reds once a year because we do the the games through our my company. Sure. And uh, Marty Brenneman comes over in like the seventh inning and hangs out oh, for like excellent. a half inning. That's cool. So, yeah, of course, now it wouldn't be him. It would be somebody else. But, man, it was phenomenal. He'd just sit over there, nicest guy, tell Great. you That's stories. Yeah. For those who may not know, the long time, now retired, right? Yes. Um, uh, but not past. He's still with us. Yes. But long time voice of the Reds and just one of the greats. In fact, um, he was in line to get uh, the UK job when Kay Wood left. Nice. And but him and uh, Ralph Hacker were not the best of buddies, and Mr. Hacker had some say in that and didn't hire Marty. But uh, Brenneman, just a great announcer, and always seemed like a great guy. Yeah, seemed nice. No, and his son, right? Uh, yes. Joe? No, his son had the yes, uh, he did. had the big controversy the, uh, a couple of years ago. The Kansas City Faggots or something like that was oh. it a city of fags or yeah, it was something like it that. It wasn't right? Kansas City, but that's correct. But it the was, best thing about like, that prison still remains. So he's doing his apology, and the guy hits a homer, and he just he drops it in. It's like yeah, so I shouldn't have. Said, right. Oh, long fly ball. Yeah. That just he's a quintessential yeah. announcer. Do you exactly. remember that? Exactly. Yeah. He calls it and then re- finishes his apology. It was great. And you're going to have to be careful, Tom, Tom, Tom Brenneman. Brenneman. Yeah. Dude, be careful dropping the F word, or once we get as big as Joe Rogan, somebody's going to make an edited video of you, even in saying, context, yeah, no, saying it and get you in trouble. But that was the word he used, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. No, you're right. So, but uh, I yeah. like that. When we get as big as Joe Rogan, absolutely. Right. Well, it won't be long now. It can't be. We've got Germans and Russians, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, I think so. We need some Swiss. Be nice to have some Swiss. Well, it's a summer. The Winter Olympics are going on. They dominate those Norwegian. That's true. Yeah, they're all are, watching that right yeah. now, for sure. So I, uh, Matt. I interviewed for uh, Wallingford. I interviewed Chubby Checker. That was kind of cool. Holy cow. So now this guy at one time was, <laughs> was probably. The, as big as it got. Now this was before both of our Come lifetimes. Come on, baby. Well, no, no. It was during my lifetime. I was really? born in 60. I think the twist hit in 1960. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So he, there was no, it was not lost on Chubby that at one point he was the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. Like, you know, when he's still a long time yes, ago, but he still pops up. Like he popped up in like the nineties, you know, with the, the fat boys, yeah. like every now and again, somebody just goes back and samples yeah. chubby. But uh, yeah, he was, you and know, you got to give him credit for let's twist and let's twist again. Right. You know, he was doing, no, he that's... was doing sequels before, <laughs> before sequels were a thing. Man. Yeah. Let's ride this as far as we can ride it. I wonder who the manager was that just thought, all right, <laughs> Chubby, let's fucking twist three times. Now we're twisting <laughs> on Saturday. Let's twist again, again. Right. There you go. Oh, we're doing the side twist uh... now, Chubby. <laughs> we're going to twist every three years until people stop paying for it. Now, Chubby Checker, you know where he took it from? Fats Domino. 
Yeah. yeah. There you go. Chubby checker, Pat's nice. nice. But, but he was very nice. He oh, just, was he? He was, was, cool. he was cool. very self-important. I think he has passed. I think Chubby has. Still around. Still around. Still okay. around. Sorry, Chubby. Like a Sorry, year and a half ago. Sorry, damn it. Yeah. He's sitting there going, no, mother, I'm twisted. <laughs> <laughs> so Chubby was cool. That's great. Yeah. Uh, met, big in the 90s, met Hal Ketchum. Yeah, country big, singer, uh, yeah. small town Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I've interviewed him twice. Now he has since passed of dementia, and he actually wanted. I think right when he was diagnosed, he he didn't announce this, but he wanted to do a small tour. So he went and did like ten or fifteen clubs, and his wife just took him. You know, just had his old band. I mean, small bars. You know, like nice. two hundred people. But I think he wanted one more time to get out before the dementia got sure. too bad. Sure. But uh, interviewed him twice for this tour. Met him at the Lexington show and uh, hung out with him after the show for like 20 minutes. Oh, cool. It couldn't have been nicer. Him and his wife took pictures. I I had his, I still have his cell phone number in my phone. So my kid saw Afro Man in Louisville and might have oh, and, wow. and, and might and might have actually engaged in some Mother Nature with Afro Man at really? the show. That's a, oh my god! That's the story Raymond tells. That is great. Went to this small club in Louisville. There's about 50 people there. Afro Man's on stage and he sees this little white guy hitting every one of his lyrics. So in between breaks, he comes over and they might have engaged in some Mother Nature. With that him. is dope. I was gonna see the show. Man, I got high. Who yeah. else would you rather smoke a joint? Like, I don't smoke marijuana, but I would smoke marijuana I'm with Afro Man. I'm not he did. I'm just saying I heard it. Right. Now, I did. Now, Vanilla Ice did hand me a dum, beer. Dum, 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 dum. No, see, mine goes, dum, 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 dum. his goes, dum, dum, dum. anyway, remember the lawsuit? <laughs> oh, yeah. He mine hand, says, dum, yeah, dum, yeah, So it's yeah. totally different. He so, handed you a beer. Ice one of the ice, best baby. concerts. What is his right name? Does anybody know? Uh, Rob know. Van Winkle. Nice. That Thank is you. right. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. So none of, none of this rehearsed, folks. None of it rehearsed. Obviously, that is accurate. Obviously. Yeah. No question. So no, comes out, bring has like a Rob handed a beer to the front row people. So free <laughs> nice. Heinekens from Rob Van Winkle. <laughs> That's Vanilla close ice. to smoking a joint with uh, Kinda. It Afro was Man. Best concert till this day <laughs> I've ever been to. It, yeah, it was really fun. Vanilla Ice. Jeez, I don't know about your musical taste. You didn't like John Meyer and you liked Vanilla Ice. Click to get best. Tristan, this hour has flown by. We got like 10 minutes, so you got to hit some of the Facebook stories. You know what somebody also said? Don't worry about the time. We're not on a time limit. We go an hour 10. We're okay. Yeah, okay. All yeah, right. It's oh, all good. We want to be, you know, we want to work with all, everybody. I Troy definitely and, Yeah, and, Troy's and good. Leg and everybody. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And You're right. Leg doesn't care. And I'm just going back to work. Screw it. Yeah, Keep going, no, man. man. This is not radio. You're right. We're, we're You're not right. limited by time. That's true. I still so, fall back to my yeah, old radio days. Although we'll go, I'll try to get some of these in pretty quick. I just want to get a few of them in. Uh, First black Cincinnati Red, Chuck Harmon, met him. He'd had a oh, stroke. Oh, man, I did he, not know he that. So he predated Frank Robinson. He predated Frank. Probably yeah, played yes, with Frank. Probably. Chuck Harmon. Chuck Harmon. Interesting. Super nice. He, he, again, he'd had a stroke. He was he was in a wheelchair, but his whole family was with him when I met him and just could not have been nicer. So he has since passed. So so Jackie came up in, I think, 46. So we're talking, what, he was probably there by 50? Probably 50-ish, yeah. yeah. Oh, Chuck Harmon. Chuck Good Harman. question. Yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, John Michael Montgomery, 90s country music local star. Local boy, probably yeah, not. Local yeah, local guy. Met him. He came out of a golf tournament to take pictures with me and shake my hand. Sean Hamilton, who we both know, sure. uh, was able to work that out for That's me. That's cool. So, yeah, he spent five minutes and was super nice. Now, let me stop you there. Okay. Uh, this is not me, but our buddy Matt Yeager did one of those celebrity golf tournaments and Charles Barkley ah. wouldn't find a nicer guy. Just said, I've heard Chuck, that. just said Chuck was the nicest freaking guy you would ever meet. I've got a buddy whose Which brother is, who, who says what? the same. Yeah, exact yeah. same thing. So yeah, good for Charles is nice. And it seems that way. He's Charles Barkley. Right. I mean, shit. It, but that goes back to my theory. You watch somebody. I think, you know, I think you get a hint of who largely. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Some of them are good at hiding it, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. There are a few of those guys for sure. Bill Maher, love him to death. Probably a bit I, of an asshole. I don't know that he'd be the nicest guy. Probably a I'm bit of with a dick. You. He reminds me of a friend of mine from high school, Tristan, who was a very good friend, but was just always a fucking ball buster and just at the worst times and you could be at your lowest moment and he'd throw a dig in there and if my brother's listening he knows exactly who i'm talking about and i like john well enough but he i've always think bill moore when i uh, my, my friend from years ago john when i see bill moore and and john was very intelligent and as Moore is but yeah could probably be a jackass yeah yeah no i agree so uh met huey lewis after a show once, he, he was pretty nice. <laughs> and did you say, is that the biggest rock star in the world, or is that a buddy of my dad's? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Because he was the most unassuming-looking rock right. star. Yes. Yeah. No. And, and they always said, like, he's just like a cover band guy. Like, it <laughs> yeah. just happened to hit it huge. <laughs> the All-Stars. Yeah. And they hit it as big as it got. That album, Sports, Absolutely. is still one of the largest-selling albums in the history of rock and roll. Yeah, love it. And he was super nice. And you know what? I almost met, you now the story my mom told, God love her, before she passed away, she was going to take me to meet Huey Lewis in San Francisco no, in shit. 1984 as a kid because I was a big fan. Right. The word was from my mom that my dad's ego, who was actually an up and coming musician at yeah, the time, I know that did not want. Just was like, no, why would he care about this wow. guy? I don't mean, your take dad, him. for the for those who don't know, because you've played me some of his music, is an amazingly talented, extremely guitar talented guy. Jazz, no, uh, it's classical, rock and classical, classical, yes. right? Okay, but, yeah. What you, what you played thing. for me was classical, but man, okay, that, yes. that dude can tear it up. He's one hell of a guitar player. So, uh, but yeah, so I did eventually 25 years later meet Huey after a show. That's why was pretty nice. So, uh, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, the comedian, the crazy voice, he was super nice. Uh, oh, was he good? Super good, nice. Good, good, good. Where, where'd you meet Gilbert? Uh, comedy off Broadway. Oh, nice. After the show, it actually made him laugh. And I was like, oh, that, no shit. He was one of the funniest comedians I've ever oh. seen. And I forget what I said How'd to him, you? but he oh, laughed. Nice. And I said, that's like, wow, that's a life that's story. Yeah, yeah, that was my yeah. favorite. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, Tony Perez, Big Red Machine, sure, Cincinnati Red, sure, sure. not very nice. Oh, Noah. He was in the same hotel where I met the Nasty Boys originally. And I was like, hey, Tony, can I get a picture? And he was just kind of him hawing around. And his wife was like, it was great. Tony, get up and take a picture with that guy. <laughs> and uh, so his wife was really cool. Tony, he was okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, not the nicest. Uh, he, hung, he hung around Pete Rez a lot. Pete Rose a lot. So he did. Have, exactly. <laughs> All those Big Red Machine guys are a little self-important. <laughs> <laughs> but George Foster, on the other hand, very nice. Oh, was he? I've randomly, I've met him in Seattle randomly in 2001. That's wild. And then again, uh, through my job a few times. So, and he's been nice every time. So George Foster, pretty cool. That's cool. Yep. Jose Canseco, the much, uh, maligned. much ballyhooed steroid yeah, user. He, he came to the Lexington legends field, uh, eight, nine years ago to do a home run derby. He was just touring minor league stadiums, all roided out doing home run derby. <laughs> and I actually spent like 20 minutes with him. He didn't have a pitcher and I was going to pitch to him. And then like somebody from the legends came out and didn't want me to do it. Cause I wasn't affiliated or whatever, which would have been to throw batting practice to Jose Canseco would, would be, be cool as hell. Yeah. But nonetheless, I had like 15, 20 and minutes. Just hope he doesn't hit a line drive. At you. Well, you have an L screen. Cage, yeah. Good screen. So uh, Muse Watson, who's a local. Celebrity. Oh, right, right. I messaged Muse. We got to get him on. I'm trying to get him on. He yeah, owes man, me a favor. Lives in Berea. Lives he? in Berea yeah. uh, from NCIS. I've met him right. a handful of times. Super nice guy. But um, we got to get Muse yeah, on, that would on be the great. show. Good guest. Yeah. To talk to. Uh, let's see. Tone Loke was really nice. You met Tone Loke. Met Tone Loke. We funky. Were, Did you drink some funky cold Medina? You know what? Tone and I were both drunk nice. on funky cold Medina nice. at the show. So that was fun. <laughs> he was nice. Now, the nicest person maybe in the history of the world, Sean Casey, Cincinnati the Red. The ball player. Yeah, lefty. Dude, nicest guy. 
Uh, we uh, met him at the end of a an Irishman. Well, us Irish yeah, do tend to be pretty nice. You know, that goes without say. That's right. Tracy Morgan, pretty nice. Uh, Wally, uh, who's getting a, getting a lot of camera time. Q card SNL Q card guy. Uh, oh, yeah. All Seth Meyers Q card guy. Okay, gotcha, uh, gotcha. Yes. But gets a lot of screen time. Right. As, you know, d- is right. in a lot of bits. Which really, uh, those guys owe a, a debt of gratitude and homage, if you will, to Letterman. Because Letterman was the first to do that. Oh, yeah, with Anki. To, 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 yeah, to just bring all those people right. on, you know? And it was like, that's cool. Yeah. Good, good for so, And Wally, I'm going to try to get on. Though I've heard Dave was a bit of a jack leg. Never, uh, never met Dave. Well, Jaeger interviewed, when Matt was in radio, interviewed a comedian who had done the Letterman show. And he said, Dave was just that guy. Like, after the show... Uh, the comedian said to Dave, they had a chance to talk, whatever. And he's like, hey, pretty good show, Dave. And Dave was like, oh, yeah, you thought so? You know, kind of that guy. Yeah. So, which you could sort of see. I mean, yeah. Dave's, I love Letterman. I do I, too. And yeah. I went to see him. You say you went to the show. I went, and this would have been, you know, 84 when I was at William Patterson College, a group of us went. I mean, the early days of Letterman's show, and it was great. But, um, uh, you know, Dave was Dave was quirky. Now, I think Leno, probably just a great guy. I, I would agree. I th- well, actually, I know a Leno story. Steve Bates, local photographer. I would run into Steve when I was DJing. Steve's brother, long story short, tried to pursue a dream at 30. He was going to go out to Hollywood and be an actor. Well, he wound up with a concession, like, a, I don't know, it was slushies or something. And he was in the NBC commissary. And Leno's there. And he, ah, shit, I'll take a chance. So he goes over. He says, hey, Mr. Leno J, whatever. He said, uh, I'd like to show you my car. He had a Shelby Mustang. They go out there. Leno's like, oh, it's great. Can we take it for a ride? Sure. <laughs> he throws him the keys. He's driving through the Hollywood Hills with Jay Leno. Yeah, that's, that's a awesome. Leno story. And he strikes you as that guy. He does. You know, He really does. Leno, not everybody likes Leno. A lot of people shit on him. I've always liked him. Yeah. And I think he's just an affable guy. I think so. You know, you'd like. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, Letterman, <laughs> I don't know if this is worthy of mentioning on the podcast, but has said uh, on his new show, uh, my my next guest, yes, I think, yes, on yes, Netflix, yes. Right. that he's has since retiring has been medicated a little bit oh. for some of his anxieties and stuff, and says he is much more pleasant. What I loved about Letterman, and we're off the topic of well, we're not off topic of celebrity, but celebrities we've met. What I loved about Letterman was his his lack of deference to people. Like he'd be like, "Oh, so Tristan, how's that new show? You know, Crime uh, New Orleans going?" And be like, "I'm not on that show." Oh, oh, that's right. That's I mean, he was never like. See, that's my one critique of your buddy Fallon. He's like a little too. Oh my God, I've got Tristan Reynolds here. It's like Jimmy, you're a big star, and not everybody has to be swooned over. Right? Is that a fair critique? He's I, a little too like. Just let it come to you, you know. And but I see. Here's what I think. I don't think a sixty year old white guy 61 is uh is Fallon's he's for a younger demographic you know right. you move along Johnny got replaced by Jay who was talking to me when Jay came and Fallon's talking to people younger than me I mean it's it's my critique of friends which they said was the best sitcom in the history of sitcoms some 50 best sitcoms just came out and friends yeah. was one Friend, wow. I never laughed at the damn show <laughs> I never thought it was funny but I didn't think I was the target audience yeah interesting I just never thought Friends was funny and tested that I did theory. like funny. Excuse me. I did like Friends. I, tested I don't know that if I'd say number one. On a flight to Ireland with my brother, and I was like, I'm going to give it. They were showing Friends. I said, I'm going to watch however many episodes it takes us to fly there. It was like six episodes because I gave up. And I'm like, I just don't get the humor. But anyway, yeah, I digress. I'd like to meet Jennifer Aniston. Man, I would, I'd like to meet all those people. I thought they were all pretty, yeah. pretty talented. Well, they were, that was your... Yeah. That was definitely you, my You era. were in the wheelhouse. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So... Uh, see but yeah letterman was uh definitely uh eccentric i'd say at best. eccentric that's a great description of yeah. David. yeah now speaking of late night tv 
Max Weinberg? Yeah, who, the Mighty Max. Bruce Springsteen's drummer. There I you go. I knew that. And uh, also, Conan, I knew him from Conan because he was Conan's drummer. Did you meet Max? I met Max. Good dude. The nicest ah, fucking guy. Good to hear. Okay. Nicest guy. Well, then I got two quickies I can tell you. Neither of them uh, relate to me, but two very good friends. My buddy Jaeger again. Matt's working at Clear Channel. Matt's and- got one on Facebook coming up too. Okay. Yeah. Is it is it Miami Steve? No. Okay. Okay. So Matt's working at Clear Channel and Steve Van Zandt, who's the guitar player extraordinaire for the E Street Band, lifelong friends with Bruce. Um, he, he does a show called uh, Underground Garage, which is basically his show. He... Uh, created it and produced it. Well, he needed a studio to do the show. So Matt's working and here comes Steve with another guy, but no entourage. And they're, um, they're doing the show and they take a break. Hey man, is there a place we can smoke a cigarette here? So Matt's also a smoker. He's like, yeah. So they, he goes out back on the fucking loading dock with Miami Steve and smokes a cigarette with him. Said he was just a great guy. That's awesome. Right. Oh, too cool. But here's an even better one. My dearly departed brother-in-law Vince, who I mention a lot, lost him in 2014. Best friend I'll ever have. Somehow, some way he goes to this effing show and I don't. That bastard. <laughs> May he rest in peace. But how did that happen? So, Springsteen releases an album in about 95 called The Ghost of Tom Joad, and he goes on an acoustic tour, and he plays the fabled Ryman Theater in Nashville, right? One of the most famous venues in the entire country. And Vinny being Vinny, he knew that there is a tradition at the Ryman where the artist comes back out, stands at the front of the stage, and glad hands. And, and, And I don't know if it's quite signing autographs, but shakes hands and chats. Well, again, him being him, the the uh, the show ends and the crowd starts drifting out. And his wife, Nancy, says, I've got to use the bathroom. Vinny says, OK, I'm just going to hang for a minute. A couple minutes go by and he figures, ah, Bruce is blowing it off. He's about ready to leave. All of a sudden, here comes the man. Because, and it, Vince is first in line because I remember him saying to me, you see that hand? I'm never watching that hand again. <laughs> he stuck his hand up and he said, hey, fellow Jersey boy. And Bruce went, how you doing, man? And I said, how was his grip? And he goes, like a fucking steel worker. <laughs> and with that, other people realized and here they come. And his regret was he never got a chance to say, hey, you remember the roost in Long Branch? But but he got to shake Springsteen's hand, which is the ultimate, because I'm from That's Jersey, awesome, man. Yeah. It's the fucking boss. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger. And, and my, really, the two biggest for me are, which ironically, they did a podcast. For me, it's Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen as your list of five people who you'd walk across the street to meet. Oh, yeah. They're one and two on my list. And actually on that list, Trizan, you'll like this one, is Cal Ripken. Yes. We're, we're the same age. Cal is literally one month older than me, born in August of 60. And wow. just what he did, you just got to go, Cal, thanks for that, man. Absolutely. Because it's just such a tribute to what should happen. Right. Just get up and go to work. Save get the baseball. Get up and go to work. Save Show the baseball up. in 1998. Absolutely yeah. that. And also just the ethic. You know, it's right. not life isn't that hard. Like Tony said when he was here, you got to show gotta up. Got to show up. Yeah. That's half the battle. Yeah, and you know who else does the handshake thing? Which is not Bruce Springsteen, but uh, Gary Allen, who I got to interview on for the Coyote. Another country artist. Country yeah. artist, a uh, couple really great songs. Yes, but, he uh, does. Uh, he stood. Yes. At, he stood at the edge of the stage. I saw him. He played the EKU Center. After the show, he stood on stage and signed autographs for forty-five minutes. And and to interview That's him, cool. nicest dude to interview That's ever. Great. Like very nice. So real quick, this is one of my favorites. Salt and Pepper. Oh yeah. Uh, Salt and Pepper <laughs> played what a man at the Remember the '90s tour in Lexington. <laughs> they actually brought a few guys up randomly to dance with nice. them. During, I got to dance with Salt and Pepper nice. on stage. So that <laughs> is one of my all-time <laughs> favorite. Like talk to me when you've grinded on Pepper. You know cool. what I'm saying? <laughs> so that was pretty fun. <laughs> 
So, and we can get to some of these Facebook folks. There are a lot of people really responded to this and we really appreciate everybody uh, all right, reaching so, out. So apologies to Troy. We are running long. So you said salt and pepper again. These are just because I. Peppa, Ray, Peppa. In spite of what people say, I do listen. Ray always talks. He doesn't. I fucking listen. I say that all the time. Friend of mine, uh, Robbie Savard, is at a U2 concert. And this is, this is a story that he tells. And the Edge does one of his swipes and he opens up his hand. His hand is bleeding, just covered in blood. And Bono says, anybody out there play guitar? And this fucking guy, like three seats back, goes up on stage and plays two songs with U2. Wow. And I said, Robbie, that can't be true. He said, Buzz, I'm telling you, <laughs> I was there. That's a true story. Can you imagine? Now, that's about the ultimate. Right. He was obviously a decent guitar player. And yeah. he plays two songs with U2. Oh, my God. Got a show he was just going to. It's once in a lifetime. I mean, come on now. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, okay, so getting to the Facebook folks that commented in, I've got a buddy who I also would like to get, to bring on the show, Terry Powers, who uh, wrote a great book called The Death Waltz. Oh, nice. And he lives, I think, uh, man, is it? A Springsteen line, by the way. He's actually a big Springsteen guy. Yeah, a real Death Waltz. Yeah, no, that's what it's from. He's a big oh, Springsteen nice. guy. Between uh, what's flesh and what's... Any, anyway, anyway. Yeah, so he's <laughs> a, a New England guy. I think he's maybe from... Oh, God, I'm going to get it wrong. Like Connecticut or New, New, uh, New Hampshire. Anyway, sorry, Terry, if, if you happen to be listening, but his book is awesome, and he's working on two other yeah, I'd books. I'd love to talk with him, yeah. So, yeah, you should, and uh, I'll loan you the Death Waltz, man. You'll Absolutely. really, really like yeah. it. Because my experience with local authors or people that aren't super famous, I'm like, oh, this book is awful. But reading the Death Waltz, I'm like, man, this is as good as anything I've read. Cool. It's really good. That's so, great. yeah, if you get a chance, get on Amazon if you're listening and check okay. out Terry Powers' uh, The Death Waltz. But he was, he's a, his day job is he's a postmaster, and he delivers mail oh, nice. you know, periodically. And he was Dan Brown's mailman, uh, for, uh, also uh, famous Code. author. Yeah, uh, no, not the the author Dan Brown. Yeah, uh, that's yes. Da Vinci Code, isn't it? Da Vin I thought you said yeah. pitching coach. Yeah, no, no, Sorry. Da Vinci Code. Yes, Da Vinci Code, <laughs> not, not pitching enunciate? coach. Yeah. <laughs> so he was his postmaster, and, and so he said, "I've got a signed copy of the Da Vinci Code." Nice. And he has a signed copy of the Death Wars. Oh, that's so, fantastic! Yeah, so that's pretty phenomenal. I, I don't know. Here we go again. I, I can't tell you this is true. But here's what I can tell you. We're talking about authors. There's a little uh, place, uh, there's a little bar in my hometown, bar restaurant called, uh, it, it, it may be changed now, but it was called Gillies. And this is, I don't know, Tris, in early 80s. And I'm looking, kind of a rounded bar, and I'm looking at this dude, and I'm like, God, that looks like Stephen King. But I don't approach him, and I don't say anything, and he's hanging out by himself, and nobody's bothering him. And I never do say anything, but as he leaves, I kind of peer out the window and I see him leave in a vehicle and there's a main license plate. And I'm like, God dang. Oh, well, wow. ye well, years later, I read this. Stephen King would go up to New York, meet with his editors, publishers, and so forth. And then he would drive back and he would find these little out of the way bars in these little towns. And he'd go in and he'd have a beer or two and he'd just watch because writers are observers. Right. That's their life. And I am almost certain that was Stephen King in that uh, bar with me. Yeah. My God, that would have been really cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is way less cool. Right. W-R-I-T-E. I, I think I saw Roseanne Barr at a Whole Foods in California. That's <laughs> no, a true story. No, not a chance. True she was story. At a Whole Foods. Wait, at a McDonald's, yes. <laughs> so I, also, you know, uh, author Brad Meltzer follows Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. Oh, nice. Oh, that's kind of cool. No kids. Very yeah, cool. So pretty random. So uh, my cousins chimed in. Here's a couple great ones from my cousin. I got to the Bernie Sanders that we teased earlier. But first. So was Bernie a good guy? Well, I'll get right okay. to it. So first, uh, my cousin Mike's best buds, 
mom dated Kanye West no, before shit. he was known as being super crazy. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That's very awesome. And so and my cousin Jessica, who works in D.C., she's sort of in the D.C. loop. She's uh, gotcha. she, she was doing something uh, for, for Hillary, I think, for a while. And she was, she okay, so she tells the Bernie Sanders story. Bernie Sanders, kind of a dick. No kidding. Kind of a dick. Uh, and and I'll, I'll read the message. And, you know, she said she's, she's a Democrat. Like, she voted she, for yeah, Bernie. Yeah, yeah. She liked him and, right. you know, was trying to engage Doy him. Ve, yeah, everything's yeah, bothering not, me. Yeah. Not, not very friendly. Let no me see kidding. if I can find the actual message. Yeah. Um, but she said, That's, let's you see. You know, he's a crusty old bastard. I mean, it's probably not hard to see that, you know. You know, yeah, he, he doesn't be, he doesn't seem like he's necessarily the nicest. Now, you know, and, and if you, and let's be honest, love Bernie to death, but if you disagree with him, you know, you're just, you know, you're just wrong. Yeah. You know? Okay. So here's, here's the, 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 the message she posted. Bernie was reading a book, but also about half interested. She walks up, Hey, are you by chance? Bernie Sanders may be crazy, but we're all huge fans. No, but I am Larry David. Now leave me alone. There you go. Our office was the human rights campaign. The canvas is like a hundred yards away. So that's where she worked was the human rights office, a campaign office. Bernie's like, yeah. And she said, (laughs) we just wanted to come chat. (laughs) We, we love what you're, what you're doing. And Bernie says, really? I'm a person, so don't come up like that. I should care. Well, what are you working for? And she said, well, we're striking down the ability to fire people for their sexuality. So she works for Gestures, uh, which, which was the company. Bernie's like, okay, but I'm doing more, and I need this. <laughs> Opens the book, back up, d- dismisses her. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, not... So really kind of a dick. Kind of a dick. Good imitation, not too. You do of, good voices. I yeah. don't know okay. if it's good, yeah. but yeah, yeah. you know. And? Just to differentiate two people in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, and? But uh, she also Gotta wanted- Gotta go here. Yeah. Oh, So Jesus. not the nicest guy. Uh, I'd probably no. still vote for him. Definitely over Trump. But uh, so they also worked for a three-star general, which is kind of cool. General Ashley- and uh, very nice, General Ashley. Was Jesus, very nice Tristan, guy. it's a, again incredible. We're now well over an hour. All right, so World War II. Dad yeah. served in the in the ninety fourth division in Patton's Third Army, and Dad, I think my dad, though he didn't talk much World War II as a youngster. I, I've you know having lost my mom at nineteen, I feel very fortunate to have gotten my dad as an adult. He died when I was forty four, and a lot of the trips from New Jersey to Kentucky, he'd come down, I'd drive, and we'd start talking. Right? Well, he told me a story one day. Dad, I think was a pretty good soldier, had moved up in the ranks, and I think he was like the highest ranking uh, officer, the highest ranking uh, non commissioned officer. Yeah, non- yeah. he was. High enough that he was in the command tent. And it's like two in the morning and they were supposed to go out and lay these bridges for Patton's tanks and his colonel, I still remember the name, Ellis, had called them back because they were coming under such fire. It's about two in the morning and they hear 10 hut and dad looks up and there's two silver, uh, you know, handled fucking revolvers and it's George Patton in the tent with my dad. And they're just at ease. And what dad said was, and he loved the George C. Scott movie, but Patton actually had sort of a high pitch voice, kind of like uh, uh, Daniel Day Lewis's portrayal of Lincoln. They think, yeah, yeah, it sort of had a high pitch voice. Interesting. But it was Patton basically telling Colonel Ellis, if you still want to be a colonel in the morning and not private Ellis, you will go back out because if one tread of one of my tires gets wet in that river we need to cross you'll be private ellis not colonel ellis and back out they went wow but there's george fucking Patton standing in the tent well that may be better than my story i'm gonna end with 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 a famous that's a pretty good story that's a great one man it's george Patton. yeah 
Okay, so we got our buddy Matt Yeager we, we mentioned quite often. Who we, won't we, listen, that bastard, because I don't know, Spotify, whatever. Uh, come Matt. on, Matt. Come on, Yeager. At least, he, at least he engages on Facebook. But he interviewed, when he was working uh, at the radio station with me, he interviewed Jerry the King Lawler, ah! famous wrestler who fought <laughs> sure. Andy Kaufman. Oh, yeah. And he said it was like pretty cool but also kind of funny that Lawler was like trying to make him sound like a big dude, like they were buddies, and, but he was getting his name wrong the whole time. So he kept calling him Ed Yeager. <laughs> oh, come on, Ed. You, you know, Ed? <laughs> so like, yeah. So it was like, Matt didn't want to correct him because he was trying to be so nice. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty great story. Hey, Ed Yeager. How you doing, Ed? So local guy, uh, Haley Christensen, time, no Haley, excuse me, not Christensen, Haley Christensen in, and this is pretty cool. Steve this, Zahn. Haley Christensen, the Star Wars actor. No, that? no, that's Haley. No, Haley, uh, Haley Christian, local girl. I know, okay, random. Okay, okay, but a super nice girl, and uh, she met Steve Zahn. Oh, you're telling? Okay, freaking meet Steve Zahn so bad, but because he's local and he's in freaking everything, right? And right, he's right, right. in one of my favorite movies. Um, uh, uh, shit, Saving Silverman. Gotcha. I freaking love gotcha, Saving gotcha. Silverman. No, so no, anyway, I was, I was thinking of Hayden Christensen. He oh yes, Star Hayden. Wars. There oh, you go. But anyway, I thought you were just name dropping. All right, Steve, hello Haley. Steve Zahn's pretty nice. Bob Taylor sent in. He he met Blackjack Mulligan, nice uh, wrestler uh, when he was nine. So nice. that's pretty cool. Uh, Ryan Turner met Bill Brasky, and he did not because Bill Brasky's a fictional Saturday Night Live character. Ah. Uh, Julius Stanley met Emmett Smith when he was duck- inducted into probably, the college probably Hall very of nice Fame. Man. Nope. Uh, jackass? Punked him out. He said he was on his way back to the stands, past Emmett walking through, and he said, "Hey Emmett, can I get an autograph?" Emmett looked at him, replied with a simple "Nope," and kept walking. There you go. So not really a fan anymore. Uh, let's see. And that does happen, yeah. Yeah, and again, you, you, it's like, yeah, these guys can have bad days, but also this is your one opportunity with these people. So you also now man, you're it's tough. riding an elevator story. My good friend Paul Dapkis, they him and his wife Kathy, which is kind of cool, and you probably know the hotel. They would find the hotel that the visiting team was playing in, cost them money, but his two kids were great baseball players, and they were six and eight or eight and ten, and they went up, and the Reds were playing the Cardinals, and they happened to ride Paul, his two boys, and who steps on but Albert Pujols? Oh, wow. Couldn't be a nicer guy. Yeah. Because the kids were little and Mr. Poolhouse, please call me Albert. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. That's awesome. Yes, it was. Because Albert seems like he's a great guy. He does. Yes. Albert Pujols hit a ball in batting practice that hit me in the hands and I dropped. Ah, in Cincinnati. He was BP sucks. as a Cardinal. And it, I was like, oh, God, I could have. Jesus Christ, this show goes ball. on. That yeah. happened to my dad with George Foster. Really? Dad got, ah. hit, dad got hit in the leg. Tommy, you'll remember the story yeah. with a fucking baseball George Foster oh. hit. And we didn't get the ball. That's and the worst part. And my dad had a huge knot on yeah. his leg. Oh, these little fucking <laughs> kids below me grab the ball after it fell we do out of my have hands. to wrap this up and I do have to tell my story. So how many more you got? Uh, uh, give me if you don't respond, it'll take me one minute. And I'll wrap this up. <laughs> so we'll be here for half an hour. There you hour. go. <laughs> <laughs> so my buddy Dave Myers. Wait, let me just say. <laughs> okay, so, so no, you you know him too. Go ahead. Uh, my buddy Dave met Steve Earl, uh, Copperhead Road. Yeah, sure. uh, everybody had uh, pretty some good acting roles. Man, he was in the wire. Good yeah, actor Steve in the Earl wire. Was, yeah. yeah. So Dave met Steve, said he was extremely nice. Uh, let's see. Been married like eight times. Yeah. Fred Davis met John Forsyth, super nice guy. Said he met William Shatner at uh, Keeneland. He was a douchebag. Yeah. Uh, Will Farish, uh, George W. Bush's blind sure. trust holder. Sure. Uh, he was a, he was an even bigger asshole. Somehow. Oh, nice. Uh, Tom Zilla wrote in, had dinner with Gene Kennedy, the former Purdue basketball coach for 45 minutes, was super nice. Gene Kenny. Gene Kinney. Yeah. Oh, he misspelled it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tom, that's your fault. Alan Trent went to an Evans Blue concert with the girl uh, that he was dating while he was in college. She smoked. He didn't. 
She went outside to smoke. He stayed inside. Uh, the lead singer of the band smoked a cigarette with her out nice. there, and she didn't even know. She wasn't even a oh, fan. that's funny. She comes back in, and Alan is like, uh, when she hits the stage, I just got a cigarette that's with That's funny. So, yeah, he, he should have. That's a, it's a rule. Walk your girlfriend <laughs> outside if she's a, you know, whatever she's got to do. Are you going to send her out by yourself? So, and this is a reference I didn't yet Google. Aeneas Williams, do you know who that is? Aeneas. Anson Williams from Happy Days? No. no. <laughs> Potsy? Potsy, yeah. No. Uh, Aeneas Williams? I will Google this, or you guys can tell me how dumb I am. But uh, apparently a buddy, Gabe, uh, a friend of mine, met him at a hotel when he was a bellboy. And not only was he extremely nice uh, to him because he was having a bad day, gave him a $100 handshake. Oh, shit. Bellboy. So That's cool. Aeneas Williams, good good person. Good dude. We'll figure out who you are. Uh, my college pastor, or not college, my high school, one of my best friends in high school's dad, who is also my pastor, met Jesus when he was 10. Met who? Jesus Christ. Met Jesus Christ when met he was Jesus. 10. So I don't know if there's some more context to that, or maybe he just got saved. Yeah, I guess he got saved. But okay. thanks, Jim Whitaker. That's yeah. that's cool. That's um, he got saved. Recruiting sales. Otherwise, otherwise, he's got a heck of a story. That's, that's a somebody, great story. Somebody we got to get yeah. on. I want to hear that story yeah. on the show. Uh, now, this is my 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 great cousin Ricky Ehrlichman. This is a this is a story, Ray. I feel like you're going to enjoy. He met Yaz. Well, he saw Yasmin Bleeth. You know, Yasmin sure. Bleeth is sure. Baywatch fame. Sure. Walked out of her yes. dressing room trailer. What American male doesn't? Uh, yes. Walked out of her dressing room trailer in the pouring rain in a white bathrobe and red heels right in front of his car as he was driving through the, the back lot where she was filming a movie. Wow. He said, luckily, I was only going about 10 miles per ah, hour. Ah, that's so, great. Yeah, so Ricky, uh, guys, and everybody that's in, and we definitely appreciate everybody chiming in on this. So Do you that, remember that was a lot of fun. Bernard Shaw, CNN anchor? Might have been yes. a little before your time. I remember. Ja- Jaeger sure. almost hit him in a in a little S10 that I wound up, wound up buying from Matt. Matt lived in D.C. for a couple of years, coming down the road and Bernard Bernard sort of tries to run the light and basically does like the Ratso Rizzo slaps his tr- uh, truck and says, come on, man. And Matt's like, sorry, ah, it's Bernard Shaw. I almost ran, <laughs> almost ran him over. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so we've, we've long so awaited your end, story. We're going to end with this. All right. Well, you know what? I, I, I do have a bad wolf gaming top 10. I want to get out, but the, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I'll tell this and then we'll do bad wolf. And we do apologize. If you guys are still hanging with us, Jesus, it's been a long time. And there's three hour podcast. Dude. So, don't don't oh, worry about okay. the time. All right. All right. I'm radio and yeah, adhering not, to the clock. All, all right. So I'm uh 23 years old. I'm working for, well, I'm not really working. I'm volunteering my time for the radio station at William Patterson college. Now, William Patterson university. Wayne, New Jersey. And somebody puts together this exhibition or fundraising, really charity basketball game against a traveling uh, team of the New York Giants. Now, this is the pre-Super Bowl Giants. Bill Parcells is the coach. He's building the team. And there's a young superstar by the name of Lawrence Taylor. And he's literally the only name. There's guys like that. There's names like, and this won't mean anybody, anything to anybody unless they're a real Giants fan. Gary Shark was a backup tight end. Beasley Reese was a safety. He, he was a name. Phil Sims was the quarterback then, but he didn't show up. His backup, Scott Bruner, came. Uh, a guy named Mike Mayock, who's still a general. Oh, yeah. Okay, and that's another Familiar. story that, that that was part of that. I actually approached Mayock that day because we loved him. We, we were all in watching the Giants, and Mayock was like the wedge buster. Nice. And everybody's paying attention to the other guys, specifically LT. And Mayock's like, how do you know me? Number 39, man, my, me and my buddies love watching you. He was that crazy white guy who would, who would just break the line and back when kickoff still mattered, right. which was the most dangerous play in football, which yes. is why they've eliminated. And Mayock was that guy that just went down the field at breakneck speed. So he's like, oh, that's cool. So I talked to him. But we're changing, and we're, 
and we're sharing a dressing room and you know, the game is over and we're just kind of high five and we had fun. And, and Lawrence Taylor actually was competitive in, in his basketball, which was crazy because we're a bunch of out of shape, even then radio guys. It's like, this is fun. You know, it's charity, but he's throwing elbows and he comes walking out of the shower, does Lawrence and he is not, in a stitch of clothing. So I saw a six foot four, 246 pound, fit as a fiddle, 32 inch waist, shoulders this wide, Lawrence Taylor. And, and yes, the obvious question that you want to know, yes, yes, he was a big man in a couple of different ways. I thought I was looking at Muggsy Bogues in a fur hat. That's a, that's a, that was a line stolen from, uh, from Kimmel about Shaq when he saw Shaq naked. Nice. Yeah, I saw Lawrence Taylor without a stitch of clothing on. Wow. And he's he's hung like a horse. Oh, my God. Nice. Yeah, pretty well, crazy. You know, it's got to be a hard life when you're not only a professional athlete, but also hung like a horse. <laughs> you know, I feel bad for guys. They have to suffer now, that. Now, another guy <laughs> who things didn't go great for. Lawrence was not the best person God ever put right. on the planet, but yeah. probably the greatest linebacker. Because I say he was the prototype. He changed the game. Prior to Lawrence Taylor, the linebackers were those big dudes that stuck, you know, Dick Butkus, Ray Nitschke, Mike Curtis, that were hard and strong, but they weren't chasing anybody down. People were running into them. Hard and strong, speaking of... <laughs> Yes, LT changed the game. He, yeah. he was faster than everybody. He was stronger than everybody. And now every linebacker in the NFL looks like Lawrence yeah, Taylor. That's true. But in '81, they didn't. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, he was my a God. he was a machine. On that note, yeah. You know, and, and and segueing from penises to our sponsor, Bad Wolf Gaming. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if these are funny at all, but but you know, if you listen this far, you might as well listen. We did a little Bad Wolf Gaming top ten list here. I don't know what the what the rules on that would be. So we'll call it the Bad Wolf Gaming top ten. I'm so going to make a promise to you. I will yep. not open my mouth while you do this. <laughs> I don't. I would bet if there was a bookie in here, I bet you would. All right. So Ray, the top ten list. Uh, brought to you by Bad Wolf Gaming. Top 10 lesser-known QAnon conspiracy theories. We all know a lot of the regular QAnon conspiracy theories. Here's 10 lesser-known QAnon conspiracy theories. Number 10, the moon landing actually happened. Number, You can't laugh if you oh, want okay. that. Or even pity, <laughs> well, blew it. pity laughter said, is okay. accepted. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. All right. Number nine, lesser-known QAnon conspiracy theories. Number nine, JFK Jr. deleted most of Hillary's emails. <laughs> Number eight, Pizzagate is actually something Chris Christie has at his mansion for delivery drivers. <laughs> so lesser known QAnon conspiracy theories. Number seven, Jeffrey Epstein actually taken out by a Jewish space laser. <laughs> Number six, the COVID vaccine was created in Dexter's laboratory. Ah. So yeah, it was lab created. Uh, number five, lesser known QAnon conspiracy theories. Uh, the government is putting 5G in our phones to track us. Ah. Yeah, I've got to watch out for that. Number four, the deep state actually controls who wins McDonald's Monopoly. <laughs> number three, Carol Baskin. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, lesser known QAnon conspiracy theories. Guy Fieri's, has, uh, Guy Fieri's, Guy Fieri has completely made up Flavortown. <laughs> Apparently, it's not a real place, according to QAnon. Number one. And the number one lesser-known QAnon conspiracy theory, Bigfoot is real and dating Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I love it. Those yeah. are great. I didn't say much during it. Those are fantastic. And thank you, Daniel, Bad Wolf Gaming. I'm about to stop down there. Yeah. No, tell Dan I said hi. And if you're <sighs> listening, please check them out and play some magic, buy some of their stuff. Absolutely. And, and take the whole family. Chestnut Street and Berea. And thank you for hanging with us on this podcast. It was crazy. I didn't know if we could do 10 minutes and we did 90. 
Yep, I like it. Crazy. Sweet. Tune in next week. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Ray. Good seeing you. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.